Support for WXAV 88.3 FM is being brought to you by Bookies, new and used books. Bookies has two locations, one in Chicago at 10324 Southwestern Avenue, and its new location in Homewood at 18109 Dixie Highway. For more information, please visit their website at bookiesbookstores.com. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Support for WXAV 88.3 is being provided by Northwest Community Credit Union, located on campus inside the Graham School of Management. The credit union helps students learn about the importance of good credit and how to better manage their finances. Do you know the importance of a good credit score or what a Roth IRA is? Learn about these concepts and many more on NWCCU's free financial literacy modules located on their website at nwccu.com or call them at 1-800-TO-BELONG. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Salutations, listeners, and welcome back to the Player Profiles Podcast. I'm your host, Jotham Israel, and if you're looking for a place to find all the great stories of all the athletes we have here at St. Xavier University, then I must say you have stepped into the right circle. And speaking of circles, our guest for today's episode is none other than Madison Simpson. Hailing from Burbank, Illinois, she is a thrower on the SXU women's track and field team. You can go ahead and take a listen to the interview, but don't cross the line while you're at it because, you know, that would be a foul. Madison, thank you so much for taking the time out to come and do this interview. Thank you for having me. You are a student athlete um, in college. Mm -hmm. That is not an easy thing to, you know, do at this point of your life. How do you manage to, you know, balance school with sport? Um, it's really about prioritizing uh, my time. Uh, you really have to make sure that you set aside a lot of time for work and studying, and that means turning down plans with friends or even just um, not doing the things you always want to do. So you really just want to make sure that um, you just got to like prioritize your time. You know, it's it's hard, but you do it. Mm, yeah, time management is right up there with uh, how, you know, how the experience for being a student athlete can go. Mm -hmm. Would you say you're, you know, well enough at it at this point or is it still kind of a struggle or how how's it feeling right now? Um, Every semester is different just because the workload is um unique to every semester. So I think this semester so far, I've definitely done a really good job with the whole time management thing. Mm, nice. Um, So obviously it's track and field. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very interesting sport. Obviously it's not, um talked about enough in my opinion <laughs> uh but i want to emphasize that you pick up heavy things and <laughs> eat them as far as you possibly can for fun yeah yeah no it's it's pretty fun a lot more fun than people actually think it is yeah like usually when people think of track and field they think of oh running 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 and maybe a little bit of hurdling but running 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 <laughs> and then i see this and i see just people just grabbing heavy balls of steel mm -hmm. and just chucking them like 20 meters far. And I'm like, yo, this looks really cool. Like, and, and what's, what's crazy about it is that it's not as easy as people think it is. Like mm -hmm. those things are heavy. Mm -mm. Like, how do you get so accustomed to throwing objects as heavy as those, you know, as, as heavy as those things? 
honestly, it's taken me seven years to get to where I am now. So it's not like just something you can pick up and start doing. It's a lot of um, like I always say mental work. It's very mentally exhausting because it's technique and film and more technique and more film. And then, you know, the lifting, I think, is also really important, but you don't have to be, you know, the strongest person in a room to throw far if you have really good technique. Did you just say film? Yes. Yes. We record ourselves during practice to make sure that we're doing our steps correctly. And then um, say for a technique, you're stepping too wide or you're not going fast enough. You can see that on your film. Oh, so y'all get technical with this. Yes. Yes. It's very technical. Very technical. Okay. So <laughs> for the people out there, it's not just your casual football throw. It's not like throwing a baseball. De at all no definitely i always describe it as like an inclined bench press for shot put specifically um if you were to throw it like a baseball you would probably tear half the muscles in your shoulder <laughs> yeah that, that doesn't sound pleasant at all mm. but you do it at such a high level though and obviously you know it takes like you said it took you seven years to get accustomed to it like throughout high school like how did you get into you know really into you know throwing um, so I, I had a really good high school coach and I had broken my foot freshman year of high school during basketball season. So he was really scoping me out for track season because um, I was really in between softball and track. Um, and he kind of just persuaded me. He's like, oh, it's fun. It's unique. You can um, potentially go to college for it. And he just kind of really hyped it up. So I stuck with it. Mm. So you mentioned basketball and softball. Yeah. What roles did those sports play in uh in your life and how did it lead to you being a thrower in track and field? Um so one of the big things that was so great about my coach is he did really incorporate um when he was teaching me the movements for shot put and discus um about hip drive and a lot of times when you're um turning in basketball or you're going to swing a bat in softball it really involves that hip drive which is how you really incorporate into your throw so it was really nice to blend all three of those sports so that i can improve in my my own field mm. and you did this at revis high school right correct yes. what was that experience like uh doing what you did in high school um it was definitely a struggle just because they do not have the facilities, especially in the winter time when it's like super, super cold. We were a lot of times doing technique in the hallway and in um, the cafeteria after hours. So a lot of times it was just kind of finding a space that was open. Um, towards my senior year, they did allow us to use like the wrestling gym to throw and the back gym, which was nice. But it's like when we first start off, it's it's in the hallways. The hallways? Mm-hmm, the hallways. That's really inconvenient. It's actually, it's fun because you really get to know your teammates very well because you're such in such a small space. So it was like we really bonded as a team that way. Mm, touche. That's a, that's a big touche. <laughs> <laughs> that, that completely changes my perception of that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, obviously, you know, once you, you know, got through with Revis, you came here. What, what drew you here to St. Xavier? Um, so I really wanted to stay close to home just because, um, at the time, I don't think I was prepared to, uh, stay away at school. So I just, I liked the campus. I liked how close it was to home. It was really, um, affordable for me. So it kind of was just what I needed at the time. Ah, uh, and 
you were a class of 2020 in high school, right? Correct. Yeah, yes. that's a that's a wild <laughs> that's a wild class to be a part mm-hmm. of. And I'm sure that, you know, that was a decision that a lot of people were thinking about in your class. Do I stay or do I go afar? Yeah. And I feel like that COVID really make made a lot of people kind of rethink about going far, far away. Yeah. Um, were you initially thinking about like going far away or did you were you always like set on staying close to home? Um, so I had another school in mind. It was the Milwaukee School of Engineering. They have a really good nursing program there. So I was on the fence um, between the two of the schools, but I ended up staying with St. Xavier just because it was more within my price range. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I signed with St. Xavier in February, which was right before COVID. <laughs> so I got lucky that way. <laughs> mm. So it was a little bit of an early commitment. Yeah, no, it was definitely early. Wow. Well. So that happens and you're, you know, two and a half years deep into your, you know, career here at SXU. How mm-hmm. would you assess it so far? Um, It's been pretty good. I've definitely had a lot of ups, ups and downs um, on my the sports aspect of it just because um, every year is different. There's a different group of people. So evolving in that group is sometimes can be difficult, but we've always seemed to have made it so where if we fight as a group, it gets better. Like we're a family. And so it's been really nice because when I struggle with school, I always have my team to fall back on. Mm. And you stress the importance of your teammates. How have they um, made the process easier and more fun for you here at St. Xavier? Um, We definitely push each other. It's really nice when you know, we all have a good throwing day because it's very loud at our practice. There's always just a lot of movement, a lot of chattering. So it's like we're friends first and we're teammates, you know. So it's like you really have that close bond. We're very close with knit with each other. So coming to practice when you're having a bad day, they just are always so uplifting. Mm. And I can actually speak from experience on that because there are there are times where at least especially last semester. I would go in a gym and, you know, jack up some shots in basketball. Mm-hmm. And I would see you guys just throwing. And I'm like, they look like a really tight-knit group. Yeah. And it's just like, that's a that's a nice team to have around there. And I, I know of, uh, quite a few uh, throwers when we are, you know, at the same place at the same time. I say what's up to Layla and Isaac and yeah. all them. Yeah, it's, they're definitely a big a big part of that group there. I feel like those two are really good with uh, making sure we stay together, even like when we're there's fights, you know, because we're together for a lot of time. So, I mean, mm-hmm. fights are bound to happen. But those two are really the ones who are like, OK, guys, like we're family. Let's fix this. Let's find a way to come back together. So mm. it's all part of being, you know, teammates, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. <laughs> definitely what comes with it. And I mean, I guess that's what's the exciting thing about it is that you have all these ups and downs, just mm-hmm. like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of roller coasters, um, when you get and dive into what you do in the actual meets this season, you you've progressed. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that straight up. Over the last nine months, you have definitely progressed. You set three different PRs in nine months. Yes. Um, yes. that has to feel good, right? It it really does. It really feels good to see how far I've come and I I always think that I have to earn it I have to earn it I mean there's no other thing no other way to break records like that um I was in the first class of female throwers so starting those records weren't very hard 
So every year I really try to push myself to beat those records, throw even farther to show that I've earned a spot on this team and I like, you know, I'm I deserve to be here and that that comes with like lifting on my own a lot, lifting with the team, um, stretching and just all the around keeping myself healthy. Yeah. And it also comes with, you know, performance when it matters the most. And mm-hmm. you've proven it. You've <laughs> proven it. Like I'll take you back to the CCAC Outdoor Championships um, last season. You PR'd in your hammer throw yes. of 49, of the 49, 41.98. Yes. Um, and you placed third. Yes. What was, take me through the process of, you know, that PR and how you, you know, set your personal best in that hammer throw at that moment. It's such a big stage. <laughs> um, I... If you ask my coach, I'm always the type of person that will PR on my very last throw, and it's always out of nowhere. Um, throwing, like I said, is very like mentally tiring, and at that moment, I was just exhausted. I was so ready to just kind of like sit down, relax, get on to my next event. Um, but I was like, you know what? It's like the last throw. Like I have to give my everything, and hopefully it'll keep me in that third place spot. Um, and so I kind of just, I kind of just did it, you know, I put everything I had into that last throw and sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't. Yeah. Everything you had, cause it was the last meet of the year, right? Yes. Yes. So it was, it was almost like you had to put everything you had, I had into to, it. Yeah. <laughs> and everything you had was a, uh, 49, 40. Oh my gosh. I keep saying, <laughs> I keep saying 49. I wish it was a 49. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be insane. <laughs> I'm, I don't know why I keep thinking of the San Francisco 49ers mm. for, for whatever reason. I don't know why. I guess I, I just have them ramming in my head all the time because <laughs> my friends are like, like really, really like controversial about the 49ers. Mm. But a 41 98. <laughs> yes. That was yes. how you ended your season. Mm-hmm. And yes. um, obviously very impressive. But to begin your season, there was no such thing as third place. You came out Windy City Classic. You won the weight throw. Yes. Um, yes. How did it feel to start your season off like that? Um, it really was exciting. It was really exciting. And then when we, because that was right before winter break. So I had like a full break to really like set my mind towards my goal, which is qualifying for nationals. So I really, I was in the gym all the time. I didn't practice with the team as much because I wanted to take that time to really just focus on resetting my brain to focus on this season mm-hmm. so it was a lot of gym time a lot of stretching a lot of you know getting myself ready for this season and since then it's been just I feel like a goal that I've had and it's something I try to work for every me and I unfortunately haven't PR'd since then but you know it's something I'm really looking forward to and if it happens at this next meet then it happens yeah, I mean, you got to take it one meet at a time, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't let it. You can't let it get to you if you don't throw good at one meet, and that's the one thing that I've personally had to learn. Mm. So, when you talk about things that you've had to learn as a thrower, what are some of the 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 ones that you know pop up the most? Um, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> like what are some of the most valuable lessons that you've learned as a thrower? Um, you definitely can't let one bad throw get to you. Um, especially, um, in meets where the ring is good, your, the environment's like very good. You have to make sure you let every throw count. 
and you really can't let that one get to you because there's been meets where I've had one bad throw and I just crash and I'm I'm done, you know? So it's like you really need to remember to keep your head up, remember to support your teammates and just get the fire going because a lot of times I've noticed where our energy is at a higher level, we all perform better, not just one person. Mm. Very interesting take right there. Um, I do want to ask this, though, because obviously with throws, it's more of a two-step process um, mm -hmm. than it is a one-step process. Yeah, you, yeah, the goal is to throw it as far as you can, but there's a boundary that you literally cannot cross. Yeah. How do you build up and develop the self-awareness to not cross that line while focusing on trying to throw something as far as you can? Um, it's definitely a lot of muscle memory. A lot of times, um, so the ring stays the same, um, all throughout high school, all throughout college, and even into like the masters and diamond leagues. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a lot of just muscle memory and knowing where you are in the ring. Um, a lot of times I've had coaches set up like cones or tape on like certain parts where you're not supposed to be. So it's a lot of just like really studying your technique, really studying, um, even looking at athletes who are at the highest level it's really just making sure you are aware of what you're doing mm. yeah awareness is always like i feel like it's an underrated trait to have mm -hmm. in track because obviously the one the two things that people think the most when it comes to track and field is strength and speed yeah but i i don't know that aware the awareness to know where you are it almost feels like it's it matters the most because it's like yeah. if you if you if you throw something as far as you can and you cross the line then it's like doesn't it count. doesn't matter it doesn't yeah, count yeah it doesn't count and those are like always you've no, you'll notice a lot of times those throws are always your best throws and that's what that's what hurts the most it's like oh i should have you know saved it i should have caught myself but you know sometimes you just can't has that ever happened to you um no so one thing I really kind of pat myself on the back for is that I tend not to step out. <laughs> I try to save as much as I can uh, just because you never know what throw will be your, your best or not. But that definitely sometimes stepping out really shows you how much power you potentially can have. So I also think that is a kind of a flaw sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I know for some people it can be hard because you like you stressed earlier, it is mental like there mm -hmm. is a mental aspect to this. Um, but last time you were out and uh, the Walter Kramer Invitational, you also PR'd in your shot putt. Yes. Um, a 12.32, um, which placed third, but yet another PR in yeah. the last span of the nine months that we've had so far. <laughs> um, so when you look back, and this was very recent too. Yes. Like, how are you, you know, assessing your performance so far in the middle of this season? Um, so for specifically for shot put, I've definitely seen a lot of improvement in myself um, in terms of just technique and power and the way I'm able to um, put that all together, especially when I'm facing um, like diversity when it comes to just not throwing good or something just is not clicking that day. Um, but with this last meet, I just I don't know what it was. It You could tell. I don't know if there's videos, but like the energy between the throwers especially on the girl side at that specific time was just so electric like um katie pr'd and then jamie pr'd then layla pr'd and then i pr'd and it just kept going and going and going so it was just like everybody was like yelling and screaming and we were cheering with each other so it definitely was a good meet to be at 
a domino effect. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> and knowing the energy of those girls, I, I have to imagine that it felt like a power trip. Oh my gosh, it, it honestly, I, there's a video of me hitting that PR and I'm just like screaming in that video. And it's the funniest thing to watch because you hear my coach scream, you hear my teammates screaming, and it's just such like a, like it gives you such a light feeling. Mm. So let me ask you this. I always want, <laughs> I always wonder how, like, when do you figure out that you just, you did what you just did? Like, how do you figure out how far? You just threw something. And when when did like when do you officially find out? Do you find out as soon as it lands? Does somebody just yell out the number or do you look up at a board? Like what's the process like to finding out, you know, what you just did and how far you just threw something? So um, a lot of times meets will have markings on the floor, especially on indoor. They'll have markings so you can kind of see, OK, that looks to be 10 meters, you know. So mm -hmm. and plus, as the meet progresses, you get your three throws, but you'll kind of start realizing that, okay, that throw is kind of in the 10 meter area. Um, normally after you have to walk out of the back of the ring and that's how they like give you the green flag. Um, and then they'll mark it with like tape. So they'll like grab like a measuring tape and then put the stick down and that's how they mark it. A lot of times they use lasers too for discus and hammer just cause it is such a far event. Mm. So, Say you PR like, like you just did with shot put. Mm -hmm. Do you like immediately like? Does it immediately click in your head that oh, I just PR? Let's go. <laughs> like, or do you just like? Does it take a moment to like settle in? Sometimes, sometimes it clicks a lot faster just because like going from an eleven five five where I was to that twelve, it inst was instant. Whereas sometimes where it's like you go from like for um. For weight, it was, you know, like a 14 something and then it went to 15, you know. So sometimes when the numbers are like so close together, um, it's like, OK, yeah, whatever. Like, it's just a number until like my coach Kowalczyk, he comes up, he's like, hey, like that's a season PR. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's great. You know, mm -hmm. so sometimes it's like you react better than others. Oh, wow. <laughs> so what happens if uh, somebody finds out that you PR before you do? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a lot more exciting, especially if it is my teammates um, like Precious last week. She PR'd over, I believe, three meters, qualified for nationals. She broke my record and I'm so proud of her. You know, I wish I could have PR'd, but I'm still always going to support my teammates first. Mm, team first environment. Yes. It's the healthiest kind of environment, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I just think that you know, the chemistry is very important. Um, mm -hmm. And I have to say, how how much of a of impact do the men's throwers um, have on you? Because I know you kind of practice at the same time, at the same place. So, and it's kind of a an aspect that you don't get very often. You don't see basketball yeah. teams practice at the same time. You don't see baseball and softball really, you know, do what they do at the same time. But men's track and field and women's track and field, it's almost like they combine forces. Um, yeah. So what is the experience like with um, the men also having your back? Um, it's really nice just because they always push. They seem to push us farther. A lot of times our coaches will talk about we'll raise to our competition level. So like when you see the guys, they're I mean, yeah, their implements are a lot heavier than our own, but they're still throwing just as far. So it's always nice to see like, 
oh, Nick had a really good weight practice. Let me throw as far as he, he was hitting the middle of the pad. That's what I want to do tomorrow. You know, so it's like really good that we can compare to each other when we want to throw farther. It's almost like a competition, but like in a friendly, fun way. Mm. That's not an easy thing to do. Healthy competition amongst like collegiate sports is not easy. That is not easy. And I think it's more of a mental aspect. I mean, you can't really get jealous of your teammates. Like I said, with Precious, I was so proud of her. Yeah, I was disappointed in myself, but I always am going to make sure that I make her feel like, hey, I'm proud of you. We're all going to support you. You're going to like nationals. She's the first woman on our in our history of our program to do that in the terms of throws. And I mean, that's something everybody should be proud of. Mm. Yeah, it's very impressive. And yeah, and knowing Precious, I, I know that, you know, everybody's proud of her and everybody's yeah. rooting for her. I'm I'm so excited to see your throw. And I was I was texting her the other day. I was like, hey, like, just wait, I'm, I'm gonna come with you. I'm gonna come with. Yeah, we'll definitely <laughs> be keeping tabs on that. because yes. That is a very impressive feat. Mm-hmm. However, um, you do have some more competition ahead of you. Yes. Um, you have the indoor track championships for conference. And then if we get there, you have the national um, track and field championships. Mm-hmm. So going forward and, you know, this is like crunch time. This is kind yes, of like what you work for, mm-hmm. you know, all season long. How are you feeling going into, you know, these um, conference championships? Um. So right now I really am just trying to focus on um, – getting all the kinks in my technique smoothed out. I really want to make sure that I'm ready and I'm focused for this meet. Um, Day of, I'm definitely a nervous wreck. I'm always a nervous wreck. Um, I tend to be the nervous snacker. So like, I'm always just kind of like, oh, I have green peppers. I'm gonna just eat them all, you know? So yeah, so it's definitely something that you really just got to keep focused for. I'm definitely the type that just needs it to be quiet and I need it to just relax because if i get too worked up then i throw my throws won't be that good that's actually a good lead in because i i want to i want to know you personally like when you act when you're actually stepping into the ring and you're actually about to you know enter the process into you know throwing like do you have any like rituals that you do or do you just you know like take a deep breath or or what do you do before you step into the ring and it's Um, your turn so normally for like for weight and shot put, I just try to get as hyped as I can, you know, gonna get the adrenaline running because ultimately I feel like the more pumped you are, the more ready you are to throw. Um, with weight, I I personally believe that you can't just muscle it. The technique is so, so important. And so I step in, I tighten my uh, weight belt and then I just take a deep breath. And I just get comfortable with the weight in my hand before I start. Because if I'm just not comfortable in the environment, then it just is going to fall apart. Mm. Again, that mental part. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, it, there's really a lot more mental than most people would think in for, for track and field. Yeah. It, that, like, it's really, oh, that's a lot of mental. How do, you, how do you sustain that mental strength throughout the course of a season and having to you know, throw so many things so many times. How do you sustain that mental strength? Um, It's difficult. And there's been times where I've talked with Coach Kowalczyk and I'm just like, you know what? I'm so burnt out. Because especially with outdoor season, years previous, it's so cold and it's always raining, you know? And you're out there for six, seven, eight hours, you know? So it can get 
very tough when in terms of, okay, I'm just here to throw and I'll be done, you know? So you really have to make sure that you take time also for that self-care and that you need to be able to take time to step back and look at what you've done and be proud of yourself, you know? Because there's a lot of times where I'm like, you know what? I should have done better. I should have done this, this, and this. And Kowalczyk will text me, be like, hey, you're doing great. These are your stats from last year and these are your stats this year. You're at where you're supposed to be. You know, so it's a lot of just making sure that you're not too hard on yourself and you take that time to really um, be ready for your next competition. Uh, and obviously your next competition is as, as big as it's going to get <laughs> for the most part. Yes. Uh, hopefully we can see you go further. Yes, I'm um, hoping. And I mean, I, I believe in you. I believe you can do it <laughs> clearly because, you know, you're here and mm -hmm. you just PR'd in another category so yes. obviously you have the ability to do it but like you said it's about you know it's about the mental strength a lot of mental yes yes um and it won't be easy but we have faith that you can do it <laughs> thank you now i want to get into a little bit of academics so mm -hmm. it's one thing to have the brawn to make it through college it's another thing if you have the brain to go along <laughs> with it so let me get this straight you mean to tell me that you yeet all these heavy things and you're a nursing major. It's it's rough. It's definitely, I'm not going to say it's easy, but I get through it. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> H-O-W, how do you go and do this stuff? How, how, how have you been doing this for three years now? Um, So it's it's definitely not been easy. I've definitely had to learn that I need to prioritize my time better. Um, so like over this weekend, Super Bowl, like it, I didn't have a meet this weekend. So it was like an extended weekend, but I have an exam today. So like I had all these people like, hey, let's go out. Hey, let's do this. Let's do this. This is I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. Like I need Friday, Saturday, Sunday to study. I, I cannot go out. And I didn't go out, you know, so it kind of sucks when you're sitting at your house on a Saturday night. Like, OK, I'm bored. I'm tired of studying. But then it's like, okay, if I go out, that means I'm going to be up late, which means I won't get start off. My day will start later on Sunday, which means I won't have as much time to study. So it's just kind of like you really have to make sure you, you have to have the ability to say no. And it, it kills me sometimes, but I'm like, you know what? I'd rather have a good grade on this test than have a bad grade and be stressed about the next one. You're killing me right now. <laughs> You're killing me right now, Maddie. That was way too relatable. That was way too relatable. Because I'm, I'm sitting here watching the Super Bowl, and I'm like, man, I have an exam due the next day, too. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm like, but I don't want, ah, uh, yeah. It's like yeah. A, it's a, but it's a lot of parallels with track and field. The time prioritization is crucial, right? Yeah, you definitely, like, a lot of times when we're going to faraway meets, you need to be willing to... Um, like study on the bus, study in the hotel room, study when you're done competing. Like it's it's a lot of making sure you have the time to study and get your homework done. I mean, personally, right now, I don't have a lot of homework assignments, so it's a lot more studying. But there, I catch myself sometimes like, oh, I just I'll study later. I'll study later. You know, so you really mm -hmm. got to make sure like, hey, I have to study right now. <laughs> study on the bus on the way to a meet. Yes. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. Oh boy, I don't I don't know how y'all do it. I, <laughs> just, but what what got you into nursing? Because obviously, you know, it's a very 
you know, important profession in our world, obviously, especially now. So what makes you want to go into nursing? Um, I don't know. Personally, it was just something I had always wanted to do. I never really had like, oh, this is what want I this is what happened that caused me to want to be a nurse. It was just kind of like, okay, I'm gonna do nursing, you know? And I mean, my dad's um a first responder, my aunts, my cousins, a lot of them work within the healthcare system, but I personally believe that really never swayed my decision. It was just always something I wanted. Mm. Uh, were there any, were there ever any other options? Oh yeah, no, there was definitely, my parents have always been very supportive in terms of like careers. I mean, my mom, she pushes for the trades and, you know, I'm like, you know what? I can respect that because my siblings, you know, school's not for everyone. So, you know, she really pushed them to the trades and now my brother's in trade school, you know, so it's always something that's very, um, important is to have that support from your family and my parents have definitely supported me throughout this ah i i can definitely relate to that because um obviously like i want to be a sports broadcaster i, yeah. I want to be one of those people that you see on tv talking mm -hmm. about sports because everybody says oh Jonathan, you got the voice i'm like okay yeah no um, you definitely do definitely <laughs> do <laughs> thank you um but my mom i remember i will never forget this she told me one time Jotham, you know, growing up, I thought you were going to be a pharmacist. I said, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, Jotham, I, I just, I kind of wanted you to be a pharmacist. I said, whoa, mom, where did that come from? She's like, well, Jotham, you're, you're very smart and you get good grades. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I know I, I get some, I know I can pull some good grades here and there, but that doesn't mean I have the passion to be a pharmacist. Yeah. Like, that's a, yeah. like, like me personally. I don't know if I want to have the fate of somebody else's life in my hands or somebody or the fate of somebody else's well-being in the palm of my hand. It's scary. It's definitely a very scary thing to think about. And my mom has always been like, hey, like, this is what you have to make sure you're ready for. Even my first job, I was a lifeguard and my mom sat me and my sister down and she's like, you guys know that in this situation, in this job, you could potentially have to actually save someone's life. And that same summer at 15 years old, I actually did, you know, so it's it's really scary that in a year and a half, instead of going to tell my patient, oh, I'll go get your nurse, I will be the nurse, you know, so it's definitely mm. something you have to be ready for. And it's definitely not for everyone. It's not. No, <laughs> uh, that's uh, yeah, that that's you hit it right on the nail. Like it is definitely not for everyone. I mean, it may sound like an easy, an easy thing on the surface, like, like step by step. But when you actually have to put those things into action yes, and remember them and, and, and do it efficiently, that, that right there is where we draw the line. Yeah. And then of course, you know, some of the hours you're working 12 hour shifts and depending on where you work, you could be, you know, understaffed or just have a lot of patience and you just have to be able to put a smile on your face and treat every patient like they're their own you're their only patient so i mean it's definitely like mental definitely a mental thing mm. so as obviously as a nursing major i feel obligated to ask this um how much of an how much of an impact did um did COVID have on your perception of like the nursing profession and health in general like how did how did COVID kind of 
what did it teach you about health? Um, it definitely showed me that nurses are hardcore and it's not like something that the light of heart can actually fulfill. Um, just because in the hospitals now we're told to have um, our masks on and working with the masks on aren't too bad, but there's been some times where I've had to go into patients' rooms who have COVID or have like contact or droplet isolation. So you're gowning up, you have your PPE, you got the visor on, you got the little shoe booties on and working in some of those rooms, I walked out drenched in sweat, drenched in sweat. And so it's like, you never like realize, I was like, dang, I'm only doing this for six, eight hours. These you know, these women, men and women are doing it for 12 hours. Some days work in a double shift. Like, you know, I definitely caught me off guard when I was finally able to get into the hospital. Like, oh, wow. Like, this was definitely a lot worse than I personally imagined it. Just because it's really hard to put yourself in someone's shoes when you don't understand what they do. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a, that's almost, it's almost like, it, it sounds so dangerous. A lack of knowledge just sounds so dangerous, mm -hmm. especially in, in that profession. Yeah, no, definitely. You definitely have to understand what you're doing because they teach us. They're very, my professors are very good with the look-alike, look sound-alike medications. You give the wrong medication, you could potentially kill your patient, you know? So you really have to make sure you're on top of your game when you're um, giving medications or caring for a patient. Just so many ratifications, so many things yes. that are riding yes. on your decision. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of pressure. Like, how how do how do you think people like thrive in those situations? How do you think like the nurses that get it done when they need it to the most? How do you think they, you know, have the mentality to be able to provide for these people? Um, you definitely have to look at the upsides of a lot of it, because if you keep seeing the negative within the hospitals, so you're like, oh, all my patients are sick. That'll only bring you down. Um, I worked on the cardiac unit with my clinical cohort. And so there was a lot of patients there waiting for a heart transplant. Um, not everybody can get them, you know? So a lot of those patients were waiting for months. And so there was patients where it's like, oh my God, we would all talk about how much we like them because they're so nice and they're just so easy to talk to and relate to. And then when they finally get that heart, it was like the most satisfying thing ever. Even though personally, I've only seen them once or twice, it was still such a good feeling, you know? Cause it's like, oh, I only brought him a cup of water or I only checked his vitals, but in a way I feel like I'm doing something to make his day better. Mm. It's again, it's a, it's a, it's a reoccurring thing. The, men, the mental. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, that's that's going to be the word of the day. Yes. That's, that's the word of the day, the men mental. Mental, that yes. is That is our word of the day. <laughs> but I do have one final question for you, Madison, before I let you go. So ultimately, when you, when you graduate and you get your degree and you're off to the real world to um, do whatever it is you want to do, what do you think you want your legacy to be after you graduate? Like, what do you want to be known for when you when you when you ultimately go out into the real world um in terms of track i definitely want to be known as one of the girls 
or women who helped pave the way. Because, I mean, there was four of us who were the original class. And I feel like just all of us in general, we really want to be remembered as the ones who started this and helped um, build this program. Um, because I really want um, future athletes who do track to, like, hear about me or hear about meets that I've competed in and be like, wow, you know, they had so much energy. They, you know, they all threw so well. That's what I want to do. Or I want Kowalczyk to bring up like at practice a funny story or something like funny film or just something. You know, I want them to see the good times that we've had and know that track isn't all about just the hard work. It's also about making the memories that you can look back on after you've graduated college. In terms of academics, I've definitely struggled. So I want people to realize that just because you aren't a straight-A student doesn't mean you can't learn and you can't succeed. Mm. That's a very valid word of advice right there. <laughs> but, yeah, overall, I mean, on the track side, it, it's got to feel, like, really, really cool to be part of something original. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When we set those first row of records, it felt really satisfying. It felt really good. Like you're you're <laughs> writing history. Yeah. Just by doing what you do. Yeah, I I try to make the most of it because I mean, one day those records are gonna be broken, and I know one day they're gonna forget that I threw here. But you know what? I'm I'm gonna remember, and my classmates and my teammates are gonna remember, and that's all that's important. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Player Profiles podcast. Special thanks to Madison Simpson for taking the time out of her day to come and do this interview with me. Until next time, so long, everybody. Oh, wait, forgot. Again. Can I get a wow, 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 Go Cougs, baby. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, wxav.com, for more information on your escape from Ordinary Radio.